재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Today we're talking to a very special guest. Former Prime Minister Chung Un-chan is in the studio. In addition to several academic leadership roles, Dr. Chung is currently chairman of the Korea Institute for Shared Growth. He's also the chairman of a recently launched memorial society honoring Canadian missionary Frank William Schofield, who was active in the Korea independence movement. Dr. Chung, welcome to the studio. Nice to meet you. It's great to have you here. Now, you've been in academia for most of your life. Your PhD is in economics from Princeton University, correct? Uh, I'm not asking you to play finance minister here, but uh, could you talk to me a little bit about what you perceive these days to be some of the core problems in Korea or some of the core situations that the people who are in office need to deal with? Uh, You know, Kurt, in 2013, uh, the Economist magazine published a feature article on Korea, which was titled Parallel Worlds. Mm. Korea, in addition to being a divided nation, suffers from the burden of social and cultural division. Korea also suffers from internal division between conglomerates and SMEs, small and medium enterprises. For example, while Samsung is worried about how to maintain its top position as the world's leading electronics company, SMEs are barely sustaining themselves. The gap between the conglomerates and SMEs is growing day by day, and it is becoming increasingly difficult to unite the society. This is why some report Korea as the stalled miracle. Under these harsh conditions, Korea also needs to prepare for reunification, which is projected to impose an unimaginable financial burden on South Mm -hmm. Korea. Korean leaders must be on alert for these difficult hurdles which are approaching fast. And those hurdles underscore the need for implementation of policies to strengthen shared growth. In short, the Korean economy has difficult obstacles to clear, but ideas from shared growth offers guidance as to how to clear those obstacles. Very interesting. The, the burden of unification approaching fast. That's, uh, and the huge costs that will come with that. Uh, what about the Korean economic model? Uh, are exports as, should they be as big as an emphasis as they've been in the past? Or uh, is the Korean model, as it defined itself during the miracle period, well adapted for 2016? I wouldn't say Korean government's economic policy changed fundamentally. But Korea's economy certainly has changed dramatically. Korea started from nothing after the Korean War. Today, Korea's GDP per capita is close to 30,000 U.S. dollars. However, Korean government's economic policy based on trickle-down economics has not adapted to the change. The policy still relies heavily on large conglomerates and exports. However, such growth led by exports has caused today's extreme polarization of wealth. Now that Korea's economy has gone through fast growth, it's time to shift our economic policy to focus on domestic demand. Uh, Domestic demand-driven economy is an international trend. China is a good example. This means that Korea's export market is shrinking it would be wise to focus on strengthening Korea's domestic demand these days. 
very good. Okay, we we can get away from policy for a moment there. Thank you for for that. I want to talk more about your personal philosophy and uh, get to know you a little bit better, and especially your relationship uh, with Frank William Schofield, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. What philosophy would you say has, has guided your work in government and academia? Well, uh, philosophy of shared growth has guided me since uh, I was young. It was a lesson from Dr. Frank Schofield. He had advised me to study economics to learn how to make Korea a prosperous nation. And at the same time, he repeatedly emphasized the importance of sharing with the poor. The two lessons together eat shared growth, and it has been guiding me since I was a teenager. If I may take a few more moments to explain what shared growth is. Certainly. Uh, It's a philosophy that promotes economically growing together. Mm -hmm. By growing together, uh, shared growth aims to promote fairer distribution without curbing vigorous economic growth. People sometimes misconstrue shared growth as another distribution mechanism that takes away from the rich and giving it away to the poor. I don't blame them because traditionally growth and distribution were in an quote-unquote relationship. You could either pursue growth or distribution in economics. If you want to push for economic growth, distribution has to take a back seat. Shared growth says otherwise. Economic growth and distribution of wealth are not at opposite ends of the spectrum. Growth and distribution can be achieved at the same time by growing the economic pie bigger and distributing the fruit of the growth fairly amongst contributors. Very interesting, this concept, uh, this whole debate of polarization of wealth and growth and distribution. These questions are central to the South Korean conversation. They're also central to the presidential election discussion that's going on in the United States as well. Yeah, you remind me of Mr. Bernie Sanders and uh, yeah. <laughs> Ms. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he has nudged Hillary Clinton a little bit in terms of policy. Let's get back to Frank William Schofield. Uh, you, you said he was the one that encouraged you to study economics. And you, I think you met him as just a very young boy, right? Yeah, when I was 13. 13. I was able to finance my education at that time because my family was uh, rather poor. Ah. He helped me to go to the uh, middle school. Oh, wow. uh, By financing my education. Wow. So uh, some people may be hearing this name, Frank William Schofield, for the first time. Uh, I'd like to just profile him very briefly. He was a British-born Canadian veterinarian. Veterinary scientist. Veterinary (laughs) scientist. So what's he doing? What was he doing over here in Korea? And how did he connect with you? And how did he connect with this independence movement? Okay, actually, he was a professor of veterinary science at Yonsei Medical College at the time, between 1916 and uh, 1920. Uh, I met him through an introduction from my friend's father, Dr. Yi Yong-so, who at the time was a professor at Seoul National University. Dr. Lee suggested that he would help pay for my tuition if I had gotten into one of the leading middle schools. When I received an acceptance letter from Gyeonggi Middle School, Dr. Lee introduced me to Dr. Schofield. Dr. Schofield shaped my character. As I said earlier, 
he planted the seed of philosophy shared growth in me when uh, I was little. He also taught me that honesty is most economical because you must make multiple lies to cover up one lie. <laughs> he was like a father to me and has made me what I am today. A lot of people ask why Dr. Schofield returned to Korea mm. in 1958. He was here between 1916 and 1920 ah, at first. Okay. Then he returned back to uh, Toronto to teach at the Ontario Veterinary College. Mm-hmm. He was there for about 35 years. As soon as he was retired, he returned back to Korea. And a lot of people ask why Dr. Schofield returned to Korea. He found the question very interesting and answered, I think it's natural for people to return to their homeland. (laughs) He felt that Korea was his homeland. That's right. He also said he uh, would like to be buried in Korea. And actually he now is interred in Korea at the National Cemetery. Uh Uh, Dr. Schofield has also mentioned that there was so much to be done in Korea for progress and he had no choice but to return. You mentioned he's uh, buried at the Korean National Cemetery. He's the first foreigner to the be buried only, there. The, the only one, actually. The only one? Mm-hmm. Ah, there's never been another one. At the National Cemetery. Ah, very Of course, if you go to Yang Jin, you can find a lot of tombs for other foreigners, mm-hmm. especially missionaries, but uh, Dr. Schofield is the only one who is buried in the National Cemetery. He was active in the independence movement. Uh, can you give me a, a, a couple of details or how, what was his involvement with? Yeah, actually, uh, at the time, one of the uh, 33 representatives of Korean leaders asked him to take pictures of what was going on mm-hmm. in the independence movement. He took a lot of pictures near Seoul City Hall, Tokso Palace, and Pagoda Park. And mm-hmm. he, I understand that he sent the uh, photos to the foreign countries I see. Uh, in the uh, backs of the returning missionary, missionaries. Mm-hmm. And he, I think that was the main reason why the March 1st independence movement uh, was widely known to overseas at the time. So he was kind of playing foreign correspondent in a way. He uh, was able to document uh, aspects of the occupation in ways that ordinary Koreans might not have been able to. That's right. He was a professor. He was veterinary scientist. He was a missionary. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's all around, uh, it's just a fascinating scope from somebody who's uh, a, a veterinarian, a, mm, a right. professor of veterinary science, that's to right. get involved in essentially what's a, a political movement. Right. In the second part of his life in Korea uh, took place between uh, 1958 and 1970 when mm-hmm. he passed away. You knew him right up to the end, right? Sure. Yeah, I uh, knew him for about 10 years between uh, 1960 and 1970. I mean, between uh, when I was 13 years old and uh, uh, when I was 20 years old. Are you able to remember some of your... Uh, sorry, 23 years 23. Old. Are you able to remember some of your final conversations with him? I mean, he, he saw such a radical change and development in mm-hmm. Korea, back mm-hmm. from the days of occupation all the way up to 1970. Did he share with you any thoughts on how Korea had changed or developed? Yeah, why don't I just uh, say a little bit more about about Dr. Schofield. Uh, Dr. Schofield uh, has on numerous occasions written to the newspapers about his uh, thoughts on Korea. Mm-hmm. He emphasized how corruption was hurting Korea's progress. He said that he wished for 
non-ruling parties to unite and fight for policies that would benefit the public. However, he was disappointed by how politicians were only serving their self-interest with no regard for the public. He said it, it was like a fight for the Blue House. <laughs> I think he sends an important message to us as well. When I was very young, I, I, I was when I was a freshman mm-hmm. of the middle school, on one day in the morning I learned the uh, English word National Assembly. Okay. And in the afternoon he asked me what would like to be in the future. <laughs> and I, without deep thinking, I wanted to apply what I learned in the morning, and I said I would like to be a National Assemblyman. Nice. <laughs> Dr. Schofield said, uh, Unshan, uh, never enter into politics. Politics is basically not a clean place. <laughs> but he, but he's, he, he said, but if your nation is in danger, then you could devote yourself to politics. Otherwise, you never enter into politics. That's interesting <laughs> that he warned you against politics. I, I guess you didn't uh, listen to that warning too well. Uh, actually, uh, I, I have not been involved in politics. I was prime minister for one year. That's of, true. Of yeah. course, pr- uh, prime minister is influenced by politics and also influences politics too. But I have never been involved in the political party in that sense. I have never been a politician. That's right. You've been so, sort of above the fray in that sense. At heart, you're an academician, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, right. that's basic. You're an economist. That's right. I taught at Columbia for three years mm-hmm. and then uh, at Seoul National University for uh, 31 years. Mm-hmm. Overall, uh, I was a professor for 34 years. <laughs> it's interesting. You said you, you were just prime minister for one year. This uh, liberation came 70 years ago. This has been a republic for uh, quite some time. But there have been 40 or so prime ministers mm. in this country's history. Why is there such a, a turnover in prime ministers, do you think? Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> if you, uh, I didn't hear... Uh, explaining what goes on in the politics court. I don't believe I have the experience or expertise to explain politics. <laughs> However, I did enjoy being prime minister. Mm-hmm. It, it was a position where I was able to do meaningful work on meaningful issues. I worked very hard for Korea's national interest on uh, Sejong City, the cost of original bill for building Sejong City was astronomical and it had a great impact on the Korean economy. Actually, not only on the Korean economy, but uh, on the Korean society as a whole. I worked very hard to prevent such loss. Also, it was a place where I could listen to voices from the world. For example, a businessman visited me at the office. He owned a medium-sized business and was considered a successful CEO in Korea. In my office, he expressed his wish to emigrate out to a different country. He said, I cannot tolerate conglomerate or take up dictatorship anymore. It's only a matter of time before my business closes its doors. By taking a close look uh, at his comments, I was able to bring the president's attention to the issue and initiated the Korea Commission for Corporate Partnership and later established the Korea Institute for Shared Growth 
independent of the commission and the chairman of which uh, is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so shared growth. I think that sounds like your central mission uh, uh, is to advance the idea of yeah, shared growth. If, if I ask me why there have been a lot of turnovers in the prime ministership, mm-hmm. it's hard to say. But in my case, uh, I was not able to pass the revised bill for Sejong City. I see. I would like to give the president a freer hand in dealing with the Korean politics. That's why I decided to leave the office. I was not expelled. No, (laughs) nobody's insinuating that. Let's talk about how Korea is changing in terms of mindset a little bit. Uh, I know you've been heavily involved with social research. Um, There's what we might call a modernization Mm. of societal perceptions going on in Korea on issues from people living alone, not marrying, single parenthood, uh, the work culture here. Do you think that Korea needs to adapt to different mindsets on on certain issues? Sure. I believe uh, ideas from shared growth can be applied to the issues because shared growth is not just an economic philosophy. At the Korean Institute for Shared Growth, we deal with shared growth between men and women, young and old, North Korea and South Korea, uh, and so on and so on. In this issue, the gap between advocates of traditional values and progressive ideas seems to be the problem. And I believe what is important here is to make a constant effort for both sides to listen to each other and find a way to respect each other. Listen to each other and respect each other. Professor Chong Un Chan. The former prime minister of South Korea is currently chairman of the Korea Institute for Shared Growth, also the chairman of a recently launched memorial society honoring Frank William Schofield. Thank you very much, sir, for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you for inviting me. Examining Korean cultures past and present through compelling conversations and documentary storytelling. Koreascape on TBS EFM. And that is going to bring our Tuesday edition of Koreascape to a close. Our show is produced by Christina Saul with associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by GP Wen. I'm Kurt Asian. If you enjoyed today's show, please do consider following us on Facebook or on Twitter. Our handle on both of those platforms is Koreascape, one word. Or you can send us a text at pound 1013. Those will each cost you 51. For free, you can join us as a plus friend on Kakao Talk. Just look for TBS. Before we head out today, a quick little announcement before we go. TBS is kicking off its 2016 spring season on Monday, March 14th with a new weekly interactive quiz show called The Cube. It's a blend of quiz and Rubik's Cube. The Cube will feature interactive quiz games played by TBS EFM listeners just like yourself. It's going to be hosted by entertainers Julian Quintart and Fabian Yoon. The Cube is looking for contestants, so get involved. Anyone can participate. Just email us at tbscube, and that is spelled T-B-S-Q-U-B-E, 
at gmail.com with your name and contact info or head over to tbsefm.soul.kr and leave a note on the message board. Remember to choose the not public option when you post because you want to protect your personal contact information on that. We look forward to hearing from you and maybe getting you onto the cube to compete. Do tune in again tomorrow. We'll have Health Mirror and Local Eats. We'll see you then.